Well, I thought I'd share a little bit something that I became aware of while Brian was talking. And it had to do with a process I went through when I was 16 years old. I had the opportunity of going to a really good high school in San Diego, but it was a good one. We had good teachers and got to visit with a few of them here and there. I was growing up. And one day, my English teacher asked me to stay behind after class for a few minutes. And so I did, and I wasn't sure what I had done, maybe to cause her to do that, or if I had not turned in a test properly, I didn't know. And so when everybody had left, she asked me, very point blank, she said, do you love yourself? And it kind of like didn't make sense that she was asking me this question in an English class in the high school. And I said, I think so. Why do you ask that? She said, of all the students I have, of all the classes, you're the only person who seems to really be knowing of yourself or self-confident or believe in yourself. And beyond that, there's something more. And I want to know what that more is. And so I said, can I think about it for a second? Because that, that's a big question. And she said, yeah, I'll think about it as much as you want. You know, you've got two more minutes and then class will be in here and we'll be starting. <laughs> and, and I said, well, I do love myself. I do know I love myself. But I can't answer any more than that in two minutes. And she said, well, let's do this. Uh, this afternoon after school's over, we'll get in my car and I'll take you home. You don't have to go on the bus. And we can talk on the way over to your house. And so I said, okay. So the final bell rang and I went out. and I had no idea where she was, parked or anything, or how, how long it would take her to get out there. And as I went out the front door, I knew that the teachers parked in a certain area, so I looked over that direction, and she was already at her car waving at me to come back over that way to go. So I went, I got in the car, and as I got in the car, she said, so tell me how come you love yourself? What does that mean to you, that you love yourself? And I said, well, I'm going to answer the best I know. And I've given it some thought since you asked me this morning. But I also want to ask you, why are you asking me this question? And so I said, I'll tell you how I know I love myself and how I came to love myself. And I had to sit at lunch and just really think about it because I wasn't sure. I never had anybody ask me this question. I didn't really have any, you know, answer at a mental level, but I knew the loving. I knew the loving, and I knew the loving of myself. And so I told her that the way I found loving was through prayer, meditation, going within, really focusing my attention on God, loving God, and allowing God to love me. And... 
that it was in that action as I was growing up of really loving God and allowing God to love me that I began to understand that I love myself. And I began to let go of all those judgments, all those fears, all those things that stood between me and God so that I could live in that movement of loving, of loving God and of receiving God's loving. And I found that as I received God's loving in my daily practice, that I also realized that in loving God, I was loving myself. And in receiving God's loving, I was receiving my loving of myself. And it became very interesting over that period of time as I became aware more and more of this, that there were certain times where the loving either from God or from myself or my loving to God wasn't really very strong or it didn't really even come up that day. And I often would wonder what's going on, why is that the case? Until I began to realize that my thoughts, my feelings, my reactions to the world around me could cause blocks and keep me from really being in that loving flow the way I really wanted to be. And I wanted to be because life was a lot more joyful and peaceful and easy within myself being in that loving. And when I wasn't in that loving, it was difficult. It was more challenging. The world seemed more confrontational. And I wanted to be in that simple, easy place and not in a place where there was conflict, disturbance. So I learned more and more not to let those things stand between me and God, me and that loving, me and loving God and me and receiving God's loving. And the way I found the best for me to do that was in just giving it all up to God. I used to sit there and try to figure it out, and what am I doing, and why am I judging them, and why am I judging myself, and why this, why that? And I'd spend my whole time, not just in my prayer meditation, but sometimes my whole time at school for a day, just trying to figure out why the hell am I disturbed? Why am I doing this to myself? Why did I let the words of somebody that came at me disturb me so much? So I began to give it all up to God because I sometimes really couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out. I remember one time literally saying, you know, I must be dumb. I must really be stupid because I can't understand all this. I can't figure it out. And so I remember very clearly one day just turning to God and say, you know, in, in a stupid way, I'm just telling you, I don't know what to do here. So you do it. You take care of it. You figure it out for me and let me know what I need to do. And I got an immediate answer. I got an immediate answer. And that was stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out and just do the loving. Just move into the loving. 
love God, let God love you, love yourself, and let yourself love you. And so after I shared that with her, we were already sitting out in front of my house because I didn't live that far away from the high school. And we sat there for quite a while talking about all this. And I asked her, I said, so why are you asking me this? And she said, because I see in you something that I don't have. I thought I had it. And I don't. And I want it. But I don't know how to get it. She said, I have gone to church all my life. I have prayed all my life the prayers that I've been taught to pray by my parents, by the church. I've asked of God. I've pleaded with God. And yet, I'm hurting. I'm empty. I'm not happy. And I want all of that in my life. And I look around and I see all the students here. I see all the teachers here. I talk to the parents of all these students. And you're the only person I've ever seen that really doesn't skip down the hall, but energetically you do. There's always a joy. There's always a caring. There's always a helping of people. And she was referring to the fact that uh, I had one of my periods of, of class, actually I worked in the office uh, at the high school. And so the teachers would come in and I would assist them in getting tests printed up or just whatever that would be. And she told me that, you know, watching me working with students as well as teachers in that office and just being considerate and kind and listening and participating, it was just amazing. And so she wanted to know how I did it. And so I went back and I explained to her once again that it's really about just loving God and letting God love you. That's the key to it all. So we finished the discussion after some time. And it was funny because my mom had come home from work I would come home to an empty house and I would do my homework and I would do another session of my prayerful meditation to just be in that peace. And then mom would show up and start cooking and then dad would show up and the, the night would begin. And so my mom pulled up and here I am sitting out in the car uh, with my teacher and she had no idea what was going on. And so she stood at the front door just kind of watching, waiting to see if there was anything she needed to do or, or whatever. And I got out of the car and I walked on up and she said, are you okay? Is everything okay? Did you get in trouble? <laughs> and which would have been a surprise for her and for me. <laughs> and so I went on in and I, I explained a little bit about all of that. And she said, so... You know, that's really a good question. How do you love yourself so much? And I said, I don't like that statement, that I love myself so much. And she said, well, how, do you, how is it that you love yourself then? And so I began to talk to her about it as well. And that day took me into a deeper level of conversation with her 
than I think I'd ever had up until that point. And that day she began uh, a different quest. She always had her prayers at night, but she never really did a, a, a quest, if you will, inwardly to find that greater depth of loving of God and God's loving for her. She had loving for God, but she just didn't know what to do with it or how to express it or to how God, allow God's loving in. And she had a lot of judgments on herself, I found out later. So the next year, and it was really the next year, my teacher, not she wasn't my teacher then of English, but that, that the teacher called me back into her classroom after school was over to talk. And I had not talked to her about this ever since that, that one conversation. And so she called me in and she said, I just want to give you an update and let you know where I'm at with it all. And she said, you know, I listened to what you had to say, and I didn't quite understand it all, but I thought I'd begin trying to do what you were sharing about in the way that you do this prayer meditation within your life. And I began to search it out, and I talked to different people at different churches about it to see if I could get a better understanding from a religious, spiritual standpoint that I could relate to. And she said, you know what? I found the answer. And it was so simple, and it was so right in front of me that I missed it. I just kept missing it. And she said, you know where I found it? And I said, no, I don't. She said, I found it on my birthday. Friends got together, they gave me a surprise birthday party, and I was having a hard time taking it all in. I realized they really cared about me, they really loved me. And at the same time, I realized that I couldn't allow their loving in. There was a part of me that felt unworthy. There was a part of me that felt that I did not deserve all this loving, all this attention, all this care. And I realized I didn't know how to do that for them. And I couldn't understand how they could do that for me. And she said, so during the whole party, I was just struggling with this, trying to understand. And she said it was when they lit the candles on her birthday cake and when they sang happy birthday as I blew out the candles. And when I made the wish before blowing out those candles, she said, that's when it happened. I made a wish. I made a wish. And that wish has come true. I made a wish that I would really truly know the love that you feel, Jim, that I would really understand that love. And she said, from that day on, I began to experience it. She said, I don't think it had anything to do with the wish, but it's something that I let go of. These people loving me, caring for me, giving me this birthday party, bringing me this beautiful cake. There was something 
that I realized I had to let go of and let in. And she said, somehow I let go of something when I made that wish. And I don't even know what I let go of. But I kind of gave up. I just kind of gave up and said, God, you're going to have to do this. And God did. And I said, that's what worked for me. I had to give it up. I had to give up all my stuff to God in order for me to really begin to experience the loving, for me to really begin to live in that movement of loving. I had to stop trying to figure it out, stop trying to make things happen, stop trying to get it my way. And she said, that's it. You've got the key. I said, no, you've got the key. (laughs) And I remember seeing her years later. She came into the art store that I was working at to have some stuff framed. She didn't know I was even working there. And we were just both excited to see each other. I hadn't seen her since high school, graduation. And she said, are you still living the way that you were before? Or has it changed since you've gotten out into the world? And I said, no, no, I'm still living it. And I asked her about what she was doing, and she said, I can't get out of it. She said, once the loving started, there was no way of stopping it. And I'm grateful that it won't stop. So we talked for a little while and she laughed and that was the last time I've ever seen her. But I know from what she shared, if I were to see her today, she would still have much the same thing to say, that she was still living it. Because once you taste of that movement of God's loving, once you have participated in that flow of the giving and receiving of loving with God, There is no turning back because that's what we long for. That's what the soul craves. More than anything else, that's what the soul is here to fulfill. And for me, the way I found it was in my prayerful meditation as a child, as a teenager into my early 20s. And at the age of 18, when I met my first physical spiritual teacher, Cash Bateman, and he taught me a formal type of meditation, and I continued doing that in a practice of focusing on God's loving, it has only increased. It has only grown. And that's why we share meditation today. That's why we make that really the only thing that we talk about. We talk about a lot of other things that correspond to this movement of loving, this movement of meditation. But we talk about meditation because there really is nothing else that we can do other than to live in the loving. That's where our joy is. That's where our fulfillment is. 
That's what our purpose is. The soul is loving. The mind, the emotion, the imagination, the physical self and its desires and needs and wants, those are all of the world. This physical body and everything of it is of the world. And when this physical body is completed and done, it returns ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It goes back into the world from which it came. But that which animates it, that which gives it life, that which is living in this body and experiencing this world through this body, which is your soul, it goes back to the spirit. It goes back to that essence of itself. It doesn't go into the world. So the key in all of this is to find that inner pathway of awakening to the truth of who you are, not the mind, not the emotions, not this body, but who are you beyond it? Don't keep looking down and out into the world and down and out into this body for answers and solution, understanding and loving because it's not here. It's inside. All the great mystics, sages, philosophers, spiritual teachers have always pointed in one direction, inward and upward. I remember we were having an art class at school one day. And we were going through a slideshow of different paintings from different museums. And the teacher showed one slide of a Leonardo da Vinci painting of, I forgot what it was, John the Baptist. And it's a picture of John the Baptist hold, sitting and holding his hand up like this, pointing upward. And immediately I knew that that was about going inward and upward. And it was at that time that I really began to talk more and more within myself and with others around me about this movement of inward and upward, inward and upward. That's what all the great teachers of the inner truth, the spiritual truth, would share. A true meditation takes you inward and upward not down and out. And there are a lot of different kinds of meditations out there in the world. Pay attention to where they focus and what their intention is and see if their focus and their intention is the direction you really want to be going. For me, it's always been inward and upward. And I think for most of us here, if not all of us here, it has been inward and upward and will continue to be so. Once you begin to move in that inward and upward focus and begin to awaken to the greater truth that lies beyond this body consciousness, that lies within the soul itself, you're not going to turn back. 
just like my teacher said, there was no way of going back once she had gotten into that flow of loving. There was no way to go back. She wouldn't allow it. And she really couldn't redirect herself away from it because she knew that that's what she always had wanted. And once you have taken possession of something that you've wanted all your life, you're not going to give it up that easily. Things may get in the way a little bit here and there. Old patterns may rise up that might try to pull you away. But ultimately, you're going to allow the loving to win. You're not going to allow the world, the desires of this body, the emotions and the mind to win. And the reason being, because God is a winner. And that which is you, that which is your soul, is a divine spark of God. It's God in this body having experience here. That's who you are. And the God that is in you, that is you, is going to win ultimately. It may not always seem like it, but ultimately God and loving is always going to win. When that happens is up to you. You can walk around this planet, you can walk around in this lifetime, you can walk around in many lifetimes feeling sorry for yourself, feeling separate, feeling judged, hating yourself, hating others, allowing others to hate you. Or you can let go of all that and begin to love yourself. Begin to love God. There's a statement in the Bible, a statement that Jesus shared. Love thy neighbor as thyself. The key is love thyself. You can't love your neighbor in the truest sense if you don't love yourself. How do you love yourself? How do you truly move into that true center of loving where you love yourself? That's what this pathway is about. Loving, accepting, forgiving, taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions, all of that put together in this meditation practice of loving God and allowing God to love you and having God first and only is the key to it all. It's a very, very, very simple pathway. It always has been. It always will be. Every teacher has said the pathway of awakening is simple. So stop making it so hard. Stop doing it through the mind. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to understand it and just do it. It's in the doing of it that you discover. It's in the doing of it that you begin to live it and fulfill it. And that's the fulfillment that you're looking for. That's the only fulfillment that there is. So spend time every day in meditation. 
looking inward and upward, focusing in the loving, focusing in loving God first and God only. Isn't that the first commandment? To have no other gods before me? Think about that. God is saying it's God first and God only there. If you put God first in all that you do, in all that you say, during the day, during the night, in your meditation, and in your daily life, you're going to begin to find more and more God in everything. Because that's all there is. I know it's hard to believe sometimes when you look around this world. But truly, 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 that's all there is. All right.